family, hi friends, hi food lovers, hey neighbors, hey community, hey comics, people who like to cook, connect, and kvetch. Thanks so much for joining me for Hot Dish. Hello and welcome to Hot Dish. I'm your host, Lauren Huberman, and I'm here with you today with Samson Kolaker. Hi, Samson. Hey, Lauren. How are you? Hi, I'm good. So, okay, Samson is the world's only Indian Jewish stand-up comedian, and Samson is also one of the 10 best Indian origin comedians of the last decade featured on Book My Shows, which is an Indian um, booking website. And he's in good company, also with Aziz Ansari and Mindy Kaling, which is awesome. Good on you, Samson. <laughs> I was like, they ran out of all the big names, and then I squeaked in at number 10. <laughs> <laughs> well, excellent. I am excited to have you. And, you know, we, of course, know each other through your show, um, yeah. Comedy Oakland which is a really, really fun stand-up show. And I've been on your show a few times. And so today it's nice to have you on my show and also in my kitchen. So- I'd like to be in both those places. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am, I am glad to have you. So um, yeah, I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about um, your background, which is very interesting, about your stand-up comedy, which is very funny, um, about <laughs> food, which is part of the show. Um, which is very so, delicious and tasty. I hope so. <laughs> you haven't I eaten it yet, but I, I got my 10 and 7-year-old ready to lunch, so they yeah. are. I can vouch for my cooking too. Yeah, yeah, and you have some food to share as well, which is yeah. a Perfect. Yeah. Cool. So when we talked about a week ago, you gave me some ideas for Jewish Indian food. And one of the things that you had mentioned was, um, was a dish called Melita. Um, yes. Yeah. Can you, can you tell me a little bit more about that? Can you talk yeah. about that dish and like what it means and your experience with it? Yeah. So I, I don't know if Melita directly correlates to a dish, but it's the, the ceremony that we used to celebrate every little happy occasion uh, in, in India, in the Jewish community. So if it's like you got good grades in school, celebrate with the Malida. You have a festival, we start with the Malida. It's a new year, it's a birthday, anything, right? And then the way the Malida went, we used to get five fruits. So, and it had to be, there's there some like, categorization of fruit that grows underground, fruit that grows above ground, fruit that is this, fruit that is that. So like five fruits were necessary. And then uh, this thing, the delicacy called gourd poha, which is sweet flattened rice. Okay. And it used to be so good. <laughs> it's basically just like flat rice that mm -hmm. you soak in water. You need mm -hmm. shredded grated coconut and you got those things ready, right? You got some, yeah. you need shredded grated coconut and and then coconut water. I don't have that. That's okay. And uh, some. Have that. 
okay and that's pretty much it that's the main ingredients and then if you wanna if you wanna give it a little uh, spice it up and make it tasty not like hot spicy but like flavorful spicy we use cardamom powder i so, okay cool i got the yeah. cardamom seeds so you'll have to kind of help me with that part yeah so you basically need to take those black seeds out of the cardamom and just ground them really fine powder okay yeah and then when you make it it looks something like this <gasps> you made it <laughs> i did so oh. i know i promised you that i'm gonna try and make it and then i was scampering because i have been in the us for 20 years and never attempted to make this before and now i'm thinking like why because it's so easy to make and it's so good and that actually acts as a substitute for rice so yeah so usually we would eat like chicken curry and rice or like goat curry and rice and then back in india when i was doing this uh the the sweet poha thing the sweet flattened rice we used to use that as substitute for rice so now you're getting this sweet taste with some really hot spicy curry and you have this sweet and spicy battle in your mouth it is so good and so we also made a little drier gravy not like very gravy and wet right so it's drier chicken and and, and lamb and then here's what that looks like Ta -da. Wow. Oh my God. Too. and you can see i can lean it over and it's not flowing off right because it's very dry uh unfortunately that came out a little hot spicier than i wanted it to <laughs> but oh it's so good wow so that's I what we used to eat a lot back there and i i missed it for so long i called up my mom and i'm like hey i gotta make this just walk me through how we do it i know it's pretty simple and then i made it last night had half of it so good amazing and now you're waiting you're you're making your girls wait to eat it <laughs> so, my older one doesn't like sweet at all. She has a sour tooth. So she eats a lot of sour stuff, right? Okay. So she tried it like one bite and she's like, no, dad, it's sweet. I don't like it. And then the younger one has a sweet tooth, but for some reason, she's still not on board with it. So huh. it is what it is. It, yeah. <laughs> well, it's my first time making it and it's your first time. Okay. It's, it's really your first time making it. I wish we were in the same place I and we could have a contest. I know that'd be so fun, and then we can eat both, and then you can rejoice mine. And <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't believe I never made this. Right? There's a couple other things that we used to do. With there's a lot of coconut-based stuff that we made because we landed on the western shores of India, the coast, and lots of coconut trees. So coconut made its way into the cuisine. And I used to make this green curry. I know I spoke with you briefly about this last time. So you can take black eyed peas or you can take chicken and we make it green instead of red. And traditionally, when you're thinking about Indian food, it's all red and spicy. And this is green, still a little spicy. We don't use the red chili powder. You'll use the raw green chilies and like mm -hmm. chop them as fine as you can. Use coriander, which is like cilantro in America. So that's what gives it the green flavor and the, and the, the coconut shredded again and some garlic ginger lots of lots of mix of spices it makes it yes. taste so good yes that sounds delicious i was not brave enough to try curry for today <laughs> <laughs> it also takes much longer to make uh it's it's a process right so if i briefly walk you through it the first thing we heat up the oil and it for me at least right it starts with your cumin seeds that go into the fry 
cinnamon stick that goes in for a fry, cloves that go in for a fry, and bay leaves, right? Uh, bay leaves is the closest we can get in 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 India, which you get thing called kadi patta. I don't know patta is leaf, but I don't know what kadi translates to. But the closest thing is bay leaf. So all of that's getting fried in the oil. Then you chop onions as fine as you can. I go into the chopper, so it's like almost gravy. The onions got to turn golden brown. Yeah, see, everything brown is so much tastier. Golden brown <laughs> onion. <laughs> and then comes like uh, turmeric, the red chili powder, uh, coriander, cumin powder. And then there's this magic potion, okay, in Indian food. It's called garam masala, which is hot spice. Yeah, I've seen garam masala in the, like in the stores here. Yes. And garam masala is basically, nobody can tell you what it is, okay? Because it's a mix of like 25 spices. So it's made in a very specific way where a bunch of spices are grounded together. And then the combination gives it a very unique taste, a very unique smell. And you can go from one brand to another and it can change. So, yeah, there's no standard recipe for it. All right. So you just put some garam masala and that adds that extra flavor. And you you you, you let that fry, making sure it doesn't burn. So you got to keep like mixing and low, low steam or in your case, low gas. And then comes, like I made chicken last night. So then I put in the chicken in. And I do this, I think I must have mentioned this to you, right? I clove on like very low heat. Yeah. And it takes like two hours to make, but it comes out so good. And this tomato paste also, sorry, I forgot that. So like squash tomatoes completely chopped up, that goes in, it fries, and then the chicken goes in. And then the chicken itself will lose some water, so you'll get some gravy there. And then you can add more water if you need. You can put potatoes and it boils pretty well adds oh. flavor and stuff my older one likes potatoes and then my proof of how good the chicken is i put these leg pieces and if i pull the bone out and all the meat falls down that's Perfect. my target yeah so good. that sounds amazing samson so <laughs> last night i went to devon street and and i know nice. you've been to devon and devon of course is um an Indian Pakistani neighborhood. It's also kind of a mix of other cultures in the world. Um, and it was such a pleasant experience and it was so much fun. Every time I go there, I'm just delighted because people are so, so friendly. I went in a few different yep. stores to get my ingredients and like the store owners walked me down the aisles and told me about different things. Um, and then I, I told one of the, I told one of the guys, you know, I was going to make, um, uh, Melita and that I needed the poha and he was talking to me about what it is and showed me all different kinds of coconut. So it was yeah. wonderful. It was, nice. and of course I got food. I got um chicken biryani, <laughs> which was Ooh. amazing. The spices were mm, so good. Okay, and I right? also got some little like Indian snacks. I thought this was very funny. It's um it's just says delicious mix of Indian snacks on the bag and it says Mo please. Oh. <laughs> That's like the brand. I haven't seen that one yet. <laughs> yeah, so I don't know. I'll have to see how it is. Yeah. Um, so one thing about yeah. Indian store owners, and I'm sure with other South Asians as well, 
they are delighted to see white people walk in. They're like, oh, white people want to try our food? Let me walk you through all the details, just like I ran through the whole recipe right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, Samson, honestly, though, a lot of, especially during the summer when I'm, you know, pretty tan, people always think I'm Indian. So then okay. I, you know, I had dark yeah. hair and I had the mask on. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if they know, if they think I'm Indian, if they think I'm not Indian, who knows? But, but they knew that I was visiting and they were uh -huh. very welcoming and warm. So, yeah. um, yeah. you know what? I need to, I need to do something here. I need to soak this, right? Yes. So you don't want to soak it for too long. You basically are going to put some water in it and then get the water out. You just want to wet them, right? So okay. we don't soak okay. for too long like mother grains. Okay. So right now I am soaking the poha, um, which is the dry rice, the dry flattened rice that Samson talked about. And I'm just going to leave it in my bowl for a couple minutes. And then I, I went and I bought a sieve. Do yes, I so I that's what's going to drain the water out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. You can pour it right away. You don't even need to oh, wait for two minutes. Really? Okay. The yeah. recipe I have said wait for four. So no, you're oh. dump it out. You can wait a minute if you like, if you feel comfortable. But I basically took it, I washed it, and I emptied it out immediately. Okay. But you don't have coconut water, right? So maybe let it soak for a couple of minutes. Oh, whoops. Well. No, you'll be fine. You'll be fine either way. Okay, I'm gonna dump it out. And yeah, if it doesn't taste good, I can blame it on you. <laughs> and I'll pass the blame on to my mom. <laughs> exactly, wonderful. What's your mom's name? So her post-marriage name is Esther, which is okay. very Jewish. Yeah. Her uh, pre-marriage name was Vimla, which okay. is very Hindu. Yeah, and yeah. she's from a generation in India, and I'm sure this happened in America also at some point, where when a woman got married, her first name and last name both were changed, and ah, that to me really? is insane. Right? Yeah, for two reasons: one, your entire identity is wiped out; you're now a completely different person. How does that work? And two, you know how hard it is for me to find all my old crushes on Facebook. <laughs> Samson. <laughs> yeah, everyone changed their names. It's like witness identity. You know, Hello, witness protection. Yeah. Witness protection. Yeah. Thank you. Um, wait, am I supposed to be? I need to press on top of the sieve a little bit to get the extra water out, yeah. right? Just get the extra water out. That's okay. fine. Okay, uh, now I'm going to dump it back. The poha is going back in the, in the bowl and it, it okay. is wet. And it okay. feels a little bit, yeah, just a little bit wet and sticky, kind of. Yeah, it will be a little sticky because it was dry and it's the raw poha, but that is fine. You'll see some white residue on your fingers eventually when you mix it all up. Okay. But you can lick it away. And so you got the poha <laughs> there. Okay. Yeah, but right now it's very bland, right? It's just the poha. Yeah, but so I was you pretending are... it was good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you want to do the coconut next so almost okay. equal portions right so if you took like uh is that matching up to the quantity you had with is that dry coconut or or it it's is dry, dry. so okay the we, may, we may do another serving of water on it then put a little water 
Okay. So I would say put it in the poha and then you can put water again and let it soak for a couple more minutes. So okay. that way. All right. So I'm adding the shredded, the dry shredded coconut to the okay. poha and I'll add a little bit of water. Yeah. And then I'm assuming you read this recipe online. So you've sort of portioned your sizes accordingly. Correct. Okay. It might be slightly different than what I did because I almost do like equal portion shredded coconut and equal portion poha. Oh yeah, this is very different. This is <laughs> this is four cups poha and half a cup coconut. And okay. and this is crazy. A half cup sugar. Yeah, yeah. Wow. You know, India has the highest highest rate of diabetes in the world. Welcome no. to the club. Yeah. <sighs> We eat, we eat sweet like nobody's business. <laughs> I did not know that. That is crazy. Oh my gosh. Okay, so I'm gonna put the, um, can I put the sugar in now or not yet? I think so. Yeah, uh, okay. But you wanna make sure there's not too much water in it. So with the coconut and the poha, if there's extra water, you can sort of drop it off a little bit. Okay, it's pretty dry. I mean, I hope it's okay. not too dry, but you know, we'll see. Okay, so I'm putting in, wow, that is a lot of sugar. Is that powdered sugar? Is that, uh, is the granular sugar? Granulated, granular, yeah. Right? Okay. yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is where you let it stay in for a while because you want the sugar to melt. Okay. But you do want to mix it all up nice. All right. And that's what gives it the, the sweetness. And mm -hmm. when you, when you, and you also got the cardamom, right? I got the cardamom, which smells amazing. I got the mm. green cardamom in the um, in the little perfect. shell. So, so I have to do that. You feel like you mixed it up pretty well. Okay. You start working on the cardamom next. Okay, I should do that now. So, and this the clean. cardamom is it smells so good. It smells kind of a little sweet, a little chai like. Yeah, yeah, there's a lot of cardamom chai. Cardamom I use cardamom chai. as a spice in my chai too. So what you would want to do, and you can okay. wipe your hands clean before you get to the cardamom again. Uh-oh, okay. You peel the green, get the black seeds out, and do you have something to grate it with? Um, I have a little mortar and pestle. Yeah, this. yeah. Okay. I've never used it. So you're like the Indian sadhus now with those little things. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the Indian what? Oh, sadhus are like saints, the sadhus? Indian saints up in the mountains. They do a lot of these. Really? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, I feel very honored to be included <laughs> in that group. <laughs> so I'm just pressing it down on top of the little cardamom pods, kind of like I would with garlic. And I did look this up last night because I knew this would be the hardest part for me anyway. Um, so I'm You should also to... be able to just open them up. Can you not just oh. like. Just open them. Yeah. Okay. Here's a little black part. Yeah. You want to get the black in the, in the little bowl and then the okay. green can, next time you're making some Indian chai, you can put the green in there. Cool. Okay. Although it won't give you much flavor, the green doesn't really have much flavor. It's just a covering for the actual flavorful seeds inside. I see. Wow. This is a lot of work. People people do this regularly, huh? 
well this is actually the easier cooking part oh <laughs> you're only working with one spice wow yeah you know as you're doing that and as you're going to start grating the the spice you want to make it as fine powder as you can so then you spread it over the whole uh, the 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 poha and the coconut thing okay i i actually think about this back when i was as young as my kids are as you see we in in india the women they had this big stone right it's a it's a trapezoidal stone stone and then they had this round stone and they would put all the spices in and then they would grate it like physically oh. so all the ready made spices that we get now they used to actually make it at home every time they had to cook and it was such a longer process to cook yeah i would imagine and now yeah. i mean you can go to the grocery store and get a lot of the spices i imagine it's better fresh yeah of course yeah of course. of course when it's cooked fresh there's a completely different taste to it and that's the irony of our lives now right everything is readily available and yet we have no time and earlier people right. would spend half their lives just cooking and eating like giving food into your body was the half the purpose of your life and there's yeah. been so much time it. yeah and what do and we do no with that we had to go buy fresh cook and then make sure it was over and then go buy the next stock for the next meal and yeah so now that we have all this extra time what are we doing with it commenting on people's videos on youtube <laughs> <laughs> exactly arguing with people on facebook <laughs> Okay, so now I'm crushing these little hard black cardamom seeds. Yeah, and, well, you might want to keep that bowl on the on the counter and like really okay. grind it fine. There you go. I see. Put some work into it, girl. Okay, I'm trying. This is so hard. <laughs> Samson, That's the hardest part, definitely. You know what is... made it worse for me yesterday? So in Indian stores, you get this thicker sugar. It's a it's it's like thicker pieces. I can probably pull some and show you. and i had to grind the sugar to powder as well and ah oh, my hands were so sore oh yeah i i read that this was going to be really hard but it it actually is hard and um and you and then, also start smelling the spice as you're cracking it into yeah it smells amazing it smells yeah, delicious cardamom is really good oh my gosh samson so growing up um you know in some of my research and what you had told me as well um there's only 5000 jews in india or indian jews yeah. what was that like did you know other indian jews and how did that impact you so i did you know the funny thing is i would think that i know all the jews there are to know and yet every year new ones popped up i'm like where did this one come from so <laughs> 5000 5000 sounds like a small number but that's still a, a decently big number that you still don't know everybody but it is a small tightly knit community mm -hmm. and you sort of almost know everybody there is uh, and yet within those 5000 you have the ultra orthodox and ultra reform and every slice possible in between and they are still in fighting right We did yeah. one New Year's Eve dance party, and the the seniors came upon like you're not supposed to have a dance party on New Year's. It's the it's the period of atonement. You got ten days of good behavior before you go. Uh, what what what? Uh, forgiveness for your sins, Yom Kippur. Mm -hmm. like, 
I didn't know dancing was sin. Like, I thought that's the happiest form of expression. What's the raw, what's the problem? You know what I mean? So yeah, it was weird. Like, it's such a small community and yet everybody has their own way of what's the right way of being Jewish. Mm-hmm. So, so but, your dad, your mom converted, is that right? Mm-hmm. That is right. My mom's a Kashmiri Punjabi, which means uh, she's from the northernmost state of India, Kashmir. Mm-hmm. And within Hindus, there are different types of Hindus. So one of them is Punjabi, and that's what she is. Okay. Okay. Huh. That's so interesting. And let's see here. Sorry. I'm just, I'm making some progress. Um, uh, I think I might need to make more progress on the cardamom front. <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, right now I'm seeing your video slightly blurry, so I can't tell how fine the powder is. Oh no. Okay. Well, it's getting there. I mean, these were little. I mean, tiny- wherever you feel comfortable, right? Because some people are okay even with like biting into the spice, and for people okay. like me, I don't like biting into the spice, so I really ground it to powder. Uh-huh. But if it looks powderish to you, yeah, good enough. Okay, yeah. it is. Okay, so and so now, what I would suggest as you're mm-hmm. spreading it, right? Use your fingers to do the initial spread because if you go with the bowl, it's uh-huh. it's gonna drop big amount somewhere. So just use the fingers to sprinkle it over. Okay, I am doing that. Sprinkle, yeah, it smells so good. Okay. Yeah. And then once you do that, you wanna mix it up again with the 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 rice, the flattened rice, and the coconut. Mix, mix it up it again. Okay. Yeah. And you got right. the sugar in there already, so it should have the sweetness to it. Great. Okay. Wonderful. And then as you're mixing, now when you get a little licky licky, you can see how sweet it has turned out to be. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna try it. Yeah, I'm very curious. And I have to just taste a little with my fork. Mm. Mm. It's good. good. Mm-hmm. Good. good it's very sweet it is sweet yeah, but it's very thing. good it is sweet like if you eat it by itself it's very sweet like i'm gonna put a little bit in my own mouth how is yours okay it still it still has the there's a dominant taste of coconut because i put like equal parts but the sweetness has toned down from last night ah because it's okay. absorbed more yeah last night mm. tasted much sweeter well, but the more the yeah. sugar gets absorbed in, the, the 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 sweetness will come down a little bit. Okay. But it's supposed to be sweet. It's called sweet flattened rice. Yes. Okay. So I'm also going to put in the golden raisins, which I got oh, yeah? last night, and then um, I didn't have seven. My mom fruits. likes those. I don't like those. Oh, I like those. Yeah. That's um, the thing, right? With the spices, you can mix up anything you like. So, my mom also suggested putting some thin slices of uh, almond and pistachio. Yep. I got some, well, actually, I I got some cashews. I think too. pistachios would have been better, but anyway, that's okay. We're, we're going to go with that's the cashews. Thing, right? you, can, <clears throat> you have so many, you can pick whatever you like. <clears throat> okay. And also, I have bananas and oranges. So... Mix it into the poha. <laughs> that I'm not so sure of. Okay. Because that changes it completely. That's the. I mean, again, 
you've read a recipe online everybody has their own recipe what i did is what i used to eat when i was growing up and mm-hmm. i'm sure there are others who have you should look at who the author of the recipe is i almost feel it won't be a jewish person if they ask you to put some fruits in it because remember i said we see five fruits right yeah so we would go through like dates bananas apples oranges whatever else we eat those five fruits and then came out this sweet flattened rice as oh. the last thing Gotcha. You yeah. know, some people said that they put it in um, a big, like a ceremonial tray, and then it could be surrounded with the fruits and maybe even flowers for like yeah, the surrounding. Yes. Oh, you don't want to gotcha. mix it in. You don't want to mix it in. Correct. Okay. I will keep these separate and I'm okay. going to try it once more <laughs> with okay. a little bit of banana and mmm. Yeah, it's very good and very easy all to you, make. All you need is some of this chicken now. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> gosh. So. Yeah. Every time I open that, I'm getting hungrier now. <laughs> well, I will let you go at some point, so don't worry. And and your That's kids okay. will be able to eat soon too. Um, I am from the third world. I am used to starving long hours. It's okay. <laughs> okay. Good. That's what I like. Who has this joke? I think it might be Trevor Noah. I thought I had heard where he goes, you know, in America, when people say I'm starving and he's like, no, you're hungry. You're not starving. You don't know what starving means. You're in America. Shut up. Right. (laughs) Oh yeah. Sometimes I, I, um, I'm always afraid of being hungry and that really means like going two or three hours without food. And exactly. You had breakfast. You're not starving. No, exactly. Even my um, kids use the American phrases, right? So they're like, Daddy, we are starving and I want to always cut it. No, you're not. You're just hungry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, Samson, will you talk a little bit about um, your stand-up comedy and, like, how long you've been performing and how you got started? Sure, yeah. So I actually started in 2006, uh, Jan, Feb 2006. So it's been 15 years now. And in the beginning, uh, I mean, it started when I came to the U.S. I came to the U.S. in 2000. Until then, I had not seen stand-up as an art form in India. Most of the comedy that happened there used to be mimicking and impressions. Like you mimic famous actors or regional accents or international accents. That's what it was. And I was never good at at, 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 uh, voices. So I was like, okay, this is funny, but it's not for me. And then I came here and I saw stand-up. And as to mostly on TV, whatever I saw, like I didn't see a lot, whatever little I saw, it was mostly white comics, some black comics, and that's where it ended. And I was like, okay, not for me. And then in 2005, actually before that, one of my friends took me to watch a show live at the San Jose Improv. And this was a comic, uh, Don Macmillan, the PowerPoint comic. So okay. he was in Texas. I don't know her. Him, okay. Don McMillan. Oh, him, John. I thought you said yeah. Don. Don. Yeah, D O N. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he used to work in tech sales and then he quit that to do stand up full time. And all his humor was related to tech and PowerPoints. And all his comedy was on PowerPoint. You can Google PowerPoint comic, you'll find him. Funny guy. I saw that live first time. I'm like, God damn, this is hilarious. Like, you can actually make fun of anything. And you just go up on stage and tell jokes and people pay you money. I want to do that. Right. So it seemed very endearing. 
and yet he's a white guy. So I'm like, okay, still not, I haven't seen any that, that I can relate with directly. And I don't know if I can do this. And then 2005, Russell Peters mm-hmm. blew the roof off, right? Because his video was like circulating on the net like crazy. And he became an overnight sensation. And I watched that video. And for the first time, I was like, oh, there's an Indian comedian. And that's hilarious. And like, that's a possibility, right? And that's where I all this movement that's happening now, representation matters. You go to Netflix, there are like various categories that you wouldn't have had before. And I see why, right? It, it does help to see something that you can directly correlate to. Like, oh, that's that's a version of me. And so that's when I decided to jump into stand-up after watching his clip. And the first initial idea was just like, yeah, okay, I'll do it for fun. And then I started getting book private gigs and stuff. And I like, damn, there's like money coming in. Better take this serious. And then two, three years down the road, I had to make a quick decision between not even three years, like probably a two year mark. Because most of comedy, when you come out initially, you tend to be more filthy mouth, right? And I have that too. Because that's the nature of comedy. We are rebellious by nature. We say things that people don't want us to say, right? Everything that's prohibited in the normal world is gold in comedy. So I, I had a foul mouth too. But I had to decide if I wanted to stay blue or if I wanted to go clean. And everything that I had heard from people, clean comedy is harder. It's more widely accepted. Uh, I decided to go the clean route as well. And there were enough people who also told me, like, the foul mouthness doesn't suit you on stage. Like, your humor is a little more intellectual. So you're diminishing your effectivity. And so that's where I went the clean route. Yeah. And been been doing it for 15 years now. It's been fun. It's the best wow. thing I could have done in my life. That's amazing. Yeah, I can't imagine you talking about think about like dirty things on stage. It's just <laughs> I've never even heard I don't even think I've heard that from you before. <laughs> you know, the the start usually is you hear other people and then you try to tell your version of the same joke. You're not really that original in the beginning, right? You may have some basic originality from your life, but a lot of the jokes, I feel at least, most comics who are starting out regurgitate what they're hearing in their own ways, in their own version of it. It's really when you start discovering, like, what is it that really bothers and matters to you? And the the voice that you need to start talking about things that are, like, real to you. And by the time I got there, I had decided to work clean already. So even when I get angry and I have a lot of sarcasm, I still keep it clean. And you know what's interesting is this, right? I I remember this one particular instance because I was talking about how there was a drunk woman at a club yelling out things and I how I countered it, right? And I I have a joke about this whole narrating about how that whole incident walked through. And... At the end of the show, and this was at Cobbs in San Francisco, at the end of the show, there were two women who walked up to me and they said, you know, we really appreciate you not using the word bitch in that entire conversation that you had with her. And I was like, oh man, like people are really thoughtful and sensitive to words and words do matter. And I had not consciously chosen to not say the word, but the fact that it's such a common thing to use for a lot of comics that I could have used it as well without realizing that I'm actually being offensive. But those little moments, right? They, they they stuck with me, and so I am very aware of the words I use, 
and even today sometimes when i'm working on a new joke it's loosely structured right so then i'm like okay this is where all my rules break right i'm just going to blurt out whatever comes to my mind so there'll be bad words that come out of my mouth and that's fine and it's not a lot of bad words that come out but sometimes the f bomb slips through more easily than anything else but then as the joke takes shapes and develops i clean it up right yeah. so the, yeah. the final delivery is always clean yeah i mean sometimes it's a placeholder um you know for for describing something um more precisely but but what did you say to the woman instead of using the b word no i just kept saying like this woman kept interrupting me and i said to the woman and then the woman said this and i said and i was just the woman the woman right the word the phrase i used was woman gotcha and mm -hmm. the fact that she actually somebody came up to me and was like oh we really appreciate you not using the word and i like yeah. yeah it it yeah. it's as i remember using bitch very easily before i got mm -hmm. into stand up but i didn't think it really i thought it was like funny to say the word you know what i mean because it was oh, like yeah. some people don't like it they get annoyed so i'm going to say it more and as comedians you want to say things that annoy people sometimes i don't know it's in our it's in our dna <laughs> and it's funny that i got into comedy and all the words i used to use before have disappeared from my vocabulary yeah yeah well you have you have a great um a great delivery on stage. You have like a, a very natural, easy way. You have hilarious stories. I love, there's a story that you tell about riding in the car with your wife and how you guys like the car at different temperatures. <laughs> that, <laughs> and also, so, right? that, that literally it, the joke happened. I was about to go up to host and I was talking to a comic in the back and I just said this to him and I'm like, oh, think, I think I have a new joke. And I went up and I'm like, I'm going to try this right now. But yeah, and it, it correlates with everybody who's been married for a long time because it yeah. literally is, you are willing to put yourself through some discomfort just to make sure the other person isn't comfortable either. Right. So like if she likes it super hot and you like it, like it above 75, I like it below 71. So we put the temperature at 73. So we are both <laughs> miserable. That's the happy marriage. <laughs> I love that. It's so funny. Yeah. yeah. So that's one joke, right? Where the the follow up to the the joke, the the last tag I have is, "Hey, if I can't be happy," and then I say, "Fuck you too," and oh. this is this is no other way to say it, right? I've tried every possible, like, "Hey, if I can't be happy, neither can you. If I can't be happy, you're gonna be unhappy too." Like everything else I say is diluted. You have mm -hmm. to fuck you too, right? That has to come. And I've said it in a synagogue, right? It's like, look, my entire 44 and a half minutes is clean. I can, I can get away with one. Right? I totally agree. Like, yeah. It, it just, that just like expresses the emotion. Like there's just no better substitute for that phrase at that point. So that's one joke that I have not been able to clean up. I won't be able to do it on TV, but maybe they can bleep it out if I ever get, get on TV someday. <laughs> Which I'm sure you will. Yes. After your debut on my podcast, Samson, you're gonna <laughs> you're gonna make it. <laughs> you know, this one of the writers for Putin actually loved that joke. I had done a show and that person came up to me like that's one of the best jokes I've heard. I'm like, oh okay, can I get a spot and quote? I didn't say that, but I'm thinking like <laughs> can I just come and do like one joke? <laughs> oh my god. No, it's so it's it's hilarious. It's so great. I have enjoyed being on your show every time. I I really hope that um, it will be up and running again. If if not at the same location, maybe at somewhere else. 
in Oakland? Yeah, that's a big question, right? When yeah. do things open up again? Where do we go back again? We'll see. Right now, yeah. I'm just being tight. Totally. And and right now, you're growing your hair out. You're doing cooking. <laughs> <laughs> hey, big question. What are you going to eat that sweet rice with just by itself? What am I going to eat it with? Yeah, I'm going to eat it by itself, probably with some bananas and the oranges. But like... I mean, I have the chicken biryani, so I feel kind of sad. You could sad take the chicken out of the biryani and eat the chicken with this. Oh, okay. Try the balance with the sweet and the um, and the spicy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. More All often right. than not, in the, the Malida ceremony that we had in India, we would bring out the rice poha, the, the sweet rice, and then it, was, it used to be goat curry, dry goat mm. curry. So... Okay. The chicken biryani chicken still gonna be very very dry, but run back to Devon Street, get some goat masala, achari <laughs> chicken. <laughs> okay, I will. I have more exploring to do, so um yeah, yeah that'll be next. Well, Samson, I feel like we should wrap up in a minute because I know your girls are starving, and I know <laughs> you're. <laughs> they come from a third world family. They'll survive. Actually, you know what, before we go, I just had also one other question. Like, what does your wife um, think of your stand-up? And and what did she think when you first started doing it, if you were married then? So we actually met when I was just about starting in stand-up. So we met in the first quarter of 2006. And I had started doing stand-up at the beginning of 2006, right? So it was just about the same time. And at the time, I actually used to teach in a Bollywood dance group. I was a part no of a Bollywood way. dance group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did that from 2002 to 2006. Oh my and gosh. So here's another fun fact. Uh, she was my student for the quarter. <laughs> no, that is so scandalous. <laughs> I know, which is why that whole quarter I held off. And then the second quarter, she shifted to a different location. And I was like, okay, officially not my student now, right? So that's when I asked her out. So when we met, she knew me as a dancer. She didn't know me as a comedian. But 2006 was the year where, where, the, where the dancing went down and the comedy took off. Ah. And by the end of 2006, I had quit dancing completely. It was all about comedy. Wow. And so she wasn't happy me quitting dancing. She liked me as a dancer, uh, but then I was a comedian. So she was like, okay, whatever. She only had one rule, you don't talk about me on stage. And I was like, yeah, fair enough. There's enough things in my life to talk about besides you. So, okay. And that rule stayed intact for a few years. After mm-hmm. which, I think it's after we had our kid and we moved from San Francisco city to Fremont that mm-hmm. our life sort of diverted quite a bit. And it got to a point where I had a one-hour special about trapped in a family. It's all about my wife and me and how the skirmishes of marriage. And she had no idea that I had built up an hour of material about her. And a lot of my friends and like people at the shows be like, what does your wife think about it? And I'm like, she doesn't even know, right? Oh my God. If anything, I would tell her like, if you stop doing silly things, I would have nothing to talk about, but... 
And then, and then did she hear it? Did she hear all the material or no? I did hear a good portion of it when I did my first Marathi show. So Marathi is my mother tongue from the state oh. that I'm from, right? So India, 26 languages. One of the languages is Marathi. And I, in 2019, uh, decided to do a show in Marathi. And I was like, why not? I've seen comics in Hindi. I've seen comics in Punjabi. There are comics in Spanish and every other language in the world. Why not Marathi? And in the US, there is still a significant Marathi speaking population of Indians. And so I'm like, okay, I'm going to attempt this. And if I get like 100 people, that's more than enough. And then the first show, there was like close to 200 that showed up. It was wow. insane. 200, wow. maybe like 160, 170. But you know what I mean? Like 200-ish. Yeah. And it was the one of the best shows I've done in the 15 years that I've done. Like probably in the top three. It was so good because I didn't know what to expect and they didn't know what to expect and it went really well. And my, my wife came to that show because she's like, wait, this guy's going to do. And she's the pure Marathi speaker. Okay, She's from the city of Pune, which is like the headquarters of Marathi. And I'm from Bombay. So my Marathi is very polluted. It's it's not the pure language. And so I want to see what this guy does in Marathi. And so she heard half my set was all about my marriage life and everything. Right. So that's where she actually heard it the first time. Wow. Was she upset or no? Was she, she was probably laughing, I'm guessing, but. You know, I wasn't paying attention. Oh. <laughs> yeah. We've been married long enough that I ignore her all the time now. <laughs> oh, yeah. That, that's a healthy marriage, too. <laughs> yeah. She sat in the last row all the way in the back. Like, I saw, caught a glimpse of her, like, oh, okay, she's in. And then I was just doing what I was doing and working with the front crowd. Oh, my gosh. I and love it. On my channel on YouTube. I have one clip from the first show and I'm about to post the clip from my second show as well, the second Marathi show. Oh man, I love it. Well, Samson, I have so enjoyed talking to you. I want to say that um, next time you're in Chicago, we should explore together. We should go to Devon and um, you should next be- Next time on you're in the Bay Area, yeah. come over. I'll cook. We'll eat again. Okay, that would be wonderful. Um, I would love that. And seriously, I, I would love that. I probably, well, who knows when that'll be, but you're always welcome here in Chicago. And I want to have you on my showcase um, okay. next time you're here. And that would be I so would much be fun. To let you know. Okay. And I, this has been wonderful. Thank you for your time and your expertise. Um, oh. Yeah. Barely. You got the recipe online. You did it all yourself. I was just here like, mansplaining how to cook Indian food. <laughs> of course, of course. Mansplaining all the way. That's what you do, Samson. Um, and I want to say thank you to you and thank you to Lincoln Lodge and Christine Ferreira, who is fabulous. Um, and that is it. I can't wait to see you all next time on Hot Dish. Thank you so much. Thanks. Bye-bye.